to today's episode of Jada Says. Today I'll be touching on a topic that's quite close to my heart, holiday blues, discussing depression around the holiday period. So I want to start by addressing the situation. Sad is a real thing. And by sad, I mean seasonal affective disorder. It's a real disorder that exists, affects people in quite a big way. And people just generally disregard it and diagnose it as depression and other things. It's something that can go easily unseen and misread, but it's such an important thing. And I feel that there's not a lot of awareness about it. And that's why I wanted to come on today and talk to you guys about it and just give you some more information about exactly what it is. (laughs) So, um, to me, whenever, well, for me, sorry, whenever the weather gets a bit gloomy or a bit down, it really does affect my mood. And when I say affects my mood, it's not just, oh, I'm a bit sad, or don't wanna go out today. It's literally to the point where I will literally not want to leave my bed I will be so down. I just, I, I don't have the energy to do anything. Everything is a chore. Even socialising, even just being on my phone, that is a chore. Like, it's like the weather just drains the life out of you, literally. And, I mean, to others, it's just like, to people who don't know what it is or people that don't suffer from it, it's literally just seen like laziness. I was like, oh, it's raining, you don't wanna go outside. But no, that's not the case. Um, sad sufferers generally cannot face the weather. And it's extreme and bizarre as it sounds. It's a real thing. And I mean, I've heard about it. For, I've heard about it for several years now, but I never actually considered myself as suffering from it. And it wasn't until like I researched it, did more and, actually sat down and had a conversation with myself. Sounds weird, I know. But I actually found that I actually do suffer from this and it's real. And um, because it's seasonal and it's something that people still like to deny actually existing, there isn't actually a lot of information and a lot of things going on out there that can be done about it. Like there isn't any medications at your doctor's, um, literally the only thing that the doctors will suggest is counselling and it's it's just so weird to me because I'm not saying that it's similar to depression but it has this, a lot of similar characteristics and I feel like so much can be done to treat depression whereas for something like this there's not a lot of awareness about it and for that reason there's not a lot that can be done to tackle the problem or even help solve it or help people that suffer from it and that's a really big problem, especially in today's society where there's so much awareness about mental health and doing more for people and all this and that. But this particular mental health illness is being written off and basically being told it doesn't exist. But yeah, so a bit about my personal experiences, sad. Um, I kind of touched on it a minute ago. Um, I do suffer from it. Um, I did diagnose it myself at the beginning and then I went to a doctor and my doctor actually diagnosed me with it and um since then I guess it's it's been a bit of a journey I say a journey because it's something that I've had to learn to live with because it's not something that you just pick up one day and then goes the next day it's not like that at all it's just a period of 
adjusting for me. It was a time when I had to sort of go, okay, I'm not over-exaggerating for feeling like this just because the weather's down. It's a general thing that I'm suffering from. And um, actually being diagnosed with it and speaking with my doctor about it made me sort of aware of like, if I'm suffering with it and I didn't know how many people, how many other people out there are suffering with it. So it's made me talk about it a lot. I mean, to be fair, in the scale of mental health illnesses, SAD is probably one that people are more likely to talk about and people are more open to talking about as opposed to other ones. But yeah, I found myself being very open about it and just talking to people about it and finding out that quite a lot of people have it as well. Um, Quite a lot of people suffer from it. But again, the issue with this is that people are self-diagnosing. And like I said before, sad and depression do share a lot of similar characteristics. So I feel as though it's not something you can self-diagnose. As much as I did it, I then went to my doctor afterwards to ensure that this was real and this was what I was suffering with and that it wasn't something else. And I feel as though self-diagnosing is so harmful because you people might say they have depression when really it's just sad. And people might have sad when really it's depression. And just diagnosing yourself with the wrong thing can just cause so many complications and so many problems. So it's always best to go get it checked by a health professional. And in the case of misdiagnosing, if you do diagnose yourself as having sad when you have depression, it's not helping you in the long run because there is not ways to treat depression, but there's ways to help it. There's medication, there's counselling, there's all these resources available. And self-diagnosing yourself as sad just denies you of all of these and I feel as though it's it's just not helpful self-diagnosing is never helpful it's like when you have a stomach ache and then you google your symptoms and it tells you you're dying like it's just it's one of those things that you need to get it checked out professionally self-diagnosing is never good it's never a helpful option but yeah I'm rambling (laughs) Anyway, back to my personal journey with it. Um, I feel as though I'm a very, because I, so I suffer from sad. I have quite a lot going on. (laughs) So I suffer from sad, but I also do suffer from anxiety and depression. And all of these I've been diagnosed with from my doctor. It's not me self-diagnosing. But I feel as though me having these issues has made it easier for me to recognize stuff in people as well. And um, one of my symptoms that I feel I saw I saw a discussion about on Twitter, but one of my personal symptoms that I get from suffering with sad that I feel as though people don't recognise is a symptom of sad is um holiday holiday trauma. Um and when I say holiday trauma I mean occasions when you're meant to be happy, as in for me, it's particularly my birthday. So I've always been raised as the type of person to celebrate your birthday. Like every year I've had my family do something for me. Even when I've said I don't want to do anything for my birthday, my family have always made the effort. But increasingly from I became a teenager, I really, um, onwards, I feel as though my birthday is not really a happy time for me. And I'm the type of person where I want to do something. And then if like, I really want to do something and then end up not doing it because I just overthink so much and I just basically, I convince myself that a good idea is a bad idea. So I'm the type of person who just thinks herself out of a good opportunity basically. And so when it comes to my birthdays, I always I always never want to look back and think, oh, I should have done something for my birthday and I didn't. So 
I've always celebrated my birthday regardless of whether I felt like I wanted to or not, just because I don't want to regret it. And um, every year from I was about 13, 14, maybe the week before my birthday, I started to feel like a mood change within myself and I'd just be really low. I just wouldn't want to do anything. I knew my birthday was coming up and that was sort of looming at the back of my mind. And it was like, I don't know, I just felt really shitty basically like really run down and um on the day of my birthday birthdays are the day of your birth like it's an anniversary you're meant to be happy but my birthday is since the age of 13 14 again has always just been a day where I feel really down and really low like I don't know your birthday's meant to be happy but for me it's the opposite and as much as I try and get out of that I try and do things I try and celebrate I am happy generally sometimes like I don't spend the whole day feeling shit but it's just when when I do I feel really shit and it's like I don't know I saw something about it on Twitter and it said um am I the only one who suddenly feels this really low burst of energy around their birthday and goes into a depressive mood and I saw it and I just thought do you know what like this is some. This is a symptom of sad that I never even considered, and it's crazy because, like, I. F- it's it's crazy to think how many times or how many things you can be suffering with that you think it's just you when really there's so many people suffering out there with the same thing, and I don't know. I'm just a very open person about my life, and I feel as though me talking about this will encourage people to speak about what they're suffering with and encourage people to get help and I don't know I feel like if everyone was more open with their mental health issues then there would be no mental health issues it would just be mental health and I feel like a lot of the stigma that's made around mental health issues is simply because people are too scared to talk about what they suffer with and too afraid of judgment and stuff so yeah um on that note I have created a list of five tips and tricks that I use to keep a healthy mind when I'm feeling a bit low. Um, These are just things that I do, but I hope that this can be helpful to someone else out there, someone who's listening, and hopefully you can use these to clear your mind too. So the first thing I like to do is go for a walk. Um, This sounds pretty simple, but when I feel really low, I need to move. I need to keep moving because when I sit, when I stop, when I stand still, that's when I all these thoughts can rush into my head. The only way I can clear my mind is if I keep moving. So I like to go for a walk, get some fresh air. That really clears my mind for me. And I don't know, it's just, (laughs) I guess that's the only time that I really appreciate nature. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) But it's because I'm so distracted from my initial problems. But yeah, going for a walk really helps me. Um, The second thing I like to do is read a book. Now, I love to read, I absolutely love to read books, it's my favourite thing to do in the world and I find reading books so therapeutic especially when I'm going through some things and my head just feels a bit clouded because reading a book it just allows you to get lost in a world that's not yours and just engage in something so different and I don't know I just feel when I'm reading a book I just feel at peace because I'm reading about a character and their issues rather than mine and I don't know I just I just get so engaged in reading books I love it so much the third thing I like to do is to clean now I know I'm not the only one who does this because I've seen it in quite a lot of my friends and quite a lot online as well 
But when I feel very depressed and when I feel down and blue and out, my room tends to reflect my mood. So when I'm down, you will literally be able to tell by the state of my room. My room is a pigsty. And I'm generally not a messy person. Like I do like to keep my room clean. But generally when I'm down, you will you will notice by my room. So when I'm feeling low, quite often, I like to pick myself back up by cleaning. So when I'm in a state, I don't realize I'm in a state until it's too late, until it's like, I'm quite far down the line. So, sorry about that. <laughs> so quite, yeah, quite often, I don't realize I'm in a state until too late. So I like to pick myself up by cleaning my room because I feel like it gives me something else to think about and I distract myself for a while. And I feel as though distracting yourself when you're feeling down is probably the most important and the easiest thing you could do to just make yourself feel better. The fourth thing I like to do when I'm feeling blue is probably the most controversial. However, it's definitely the easiest one for me anyway. And it's to think positive. This sounds easy to do when you're feeling low, but when you're actually feeling low, it's quite hard to do. I mean, anyone would know, you're down in the mood, you feel a bit shitty. I mean, everyone's all cheer up. But no, you can't just cheer up, it's hard. It's not as easy as it sounds. But for me, at home, I have a wall, I have a picture full of walls. No, sorry, I have a wall full of pictures. (laughs) And um, it's pictures of friends, pictures of family and people I don't even speak to anymore. Just a bunch of memories that I made and things that I've done throughout my life that I'm either excited about or thankful for. And, you know, like things that I never thought I'd do and just memories. And every time I look at one of those pictures, I'm just so thankful of what was going on in that moment. And I'm just thankful for life and that my life is the way it is. I mean, yeah, so whenever I look at my pictures, I always end up with a smile on my face. And I just think thinking positive is so easy when you put it into perspective, because thinking positive is something that you can define. For me, thinking positive is looking back on memories and making myself smile by remembering those memories. For someone else, thinking positive might be looking forward to an event that they have coming forward. It might be remembering when they gave birth. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just different for everyone. So that one's really personal because it's something that is individual to you and something that only you can do and something you can change. So, yeah. And the final thing I'd like to do when I'm feeling low and probably the most important one overall. I know I've said that before, but this is definitely the most important one. And that's talk. Talking about your feelings and sharing it often makes you feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. And it's it really is like the saying, a problem shared is a problem halved, because it really is. Once you share, the moment you open your mouth and solve some of your problems, it's no longer your problem. Do you know what I mean? It's in the air and it's 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 like the problem has just come out of your body and it's just left. Like it it just feels so much better having spoken to someone about your problems because now it's like a, now it's like out there. It's not only something that you have to battle with yourself and something that you're dealing with. And I don't know, I feel like with things that things that like mental health and 
feeling low or feeling down, quite often you'll find that someone is going through something similar as you and they may be struggling to find a way to solve their problems or deal with it too. So I feel like sharing your issues is so important because you never know what someone else is going through and you just speaking up about your problems can may encourage someone to come forward about their own. So I feel like talking is so important. Not only does it encourage you to talk, but it may encourage someone else to stop suffering in silence and come forward and overall talking is just so beneficial when you have things going on and especially with sad I mean people don't know it exists and I feel like if people more if more people talk about it then it's hard to deny that it exists because it's a real thing and if more people talk about it more awareness will be raised and it'll become much more recognized people will be able people will be fully diagnosed with it properly but yes, um, those are my tips and tricks that I like to do. Everyone's different, but I hope they help you in some sort of way. Before I end this podcast, I'd like to leave you with a few helplines and numbers of places you can get support if you're suffering from a mental illness. Um, not just sad, but any mental health illness in particular. Um, so the first one is betterhelp.com. It's a website that offers online counselling through chat, video and phone therapy. So you can choose which platform you'd like to talk to someone on and you can speak with a registered counsellor through their service. Um, There is a charge. I'm not too sure what the amount is, but that is a site you have to pay for. But I wouldn't recommend it if it was nonsense. (laughs) The next one, sevencups.com. Uh, the full name of the site is actually Seven Cups of Tea, which I found very therapeutic already. But um, yeah, the site offers online therapy and free support to people through an anonymous and confidential chat. So anything you say is confidential on there. Um, they're not allowed to tell anyone. That's what confidential means. <laughs> and yeah, it's anonymous. Um, so you don't have to give any personal details. And what you say is kept between you and that person. So I feel as though that one is a great help to so many people out there. Uh, The next site is SaneLine. And it's a national out of hours mental health helpline. And it can be contacted at 0300-304-7000. And that again is for anyone who is suffering from mental health illnesses and wants to reach out and talk and the final one probably the most recognized one in the uk is samaritans samaritans is a free helpline that you can contact you can call and text um any time of the day it's open 24 hours and um you can just speak to someone about what you're going through how you're feeling and they can give you some advice and help you out and the number for samaritans is 116123 this has been jada says i hope this episode has been very informative and helped you in some sort of way i've loved sitting here talking to you today and i hope you join me in two weeks time but for now jada says bye